grace and peace are yours. And they're yours from God our Father and from Jesus our Savior. Dear Christian friends, it seemed like every other day, but it was a day that totally changed his life. Charlie had woken up that morning and seemed like every other day, went through his morning routine. On his way to work, he yelled at the person driving too slow, mumbled under his breath about the person, the maniac going way too fast. Seemed like every other day, even when a coworker bumped into him and he spilled coffee on his shirt. It's a day of ups and day of downs, a day of work, a day of running errands, a day of going home for dinner. It seemed like every other day. But it was a day that totally changed his life. See, Charlie, Charlie found out something that day. Something happened in his life that, that completely changed everything. And it was something that was hard for him to kind of explain. Because on the outside, to everybody else, he looked exactly the same. Nothing looked different. Just looked like Charlie. And he didn't totally act differently. Although there was a beginning of a change. His routine was going to be the same, but, but he began to look at people differently. Not as, as competition, but with compassion. He had this different mindset about him. He had this, this sense of peace, this, this sense of hope that he couldn't quite put his finger on. He couldn't 100% explain, but it was just different, right? The, the grind wasn't just the hopeless thing anymore. He had a sense of peace about him as he went through his day because while it seemed like every other day, it was a day that changed his whole life. It seemed like every other day in the, the short existence of little Mary's life. As the, the nurse in the nursery watched over her, she'd had her, her bath, her diaper had been changed, she'd had her bottle, and that's when everything changed. As the nurse came and scooped her up, she whispered in her ear, Mary, today your family's here to take you home, to adopt you. And they're going to love you. And they're going to care for you. And it was a day that seemed like every other day, but it was the day that everything changed for little Mary. It was a day that seemed like every other day, but it was the day that changed your whole life. And maybe you're like Charlie, and you remember that day vividly. Maybe you were very small, like little Mary, and, and you don't remember it at all. But that day, the day of your baptism, changed your whole life. And while it seemed like every other day, it was not. And that brings us to our first takeaway this morning, our first fill in the blank, that it seemed like every other day. But the day of my baptism, it was a day that changed my whole life and my eternity. The 
This morning, we're going to take a look at how exactly that change took place, how baptism changed your whole life and your eternity as the light of the world, the light of Jesus, what shined on you as God chose you, as God called you his and made you a part of his family. And that, t- that comes to us this morning from Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. It says, when, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he, God, saved us. Not because of righteous or right things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Now, this whole section of Scripture is talking about a washing, right? It's talking about the the beautiful sacrament of holy baptism. And what's kind of amazing, in here you find a a couple of periods In the original Greek, you don't. It's one long sentence, one long stream of thought to describe what God has done for you in baptism. And it's important that we keep that that perspective, that it's something God did for me. Because just like Charlie, just like little Mary, it wasn't about something that, that we did. In fact, if you remember in my parable, right, of Charlie, he wasn't having the greatest of days, right? It wasn't all that different from so many others, but it wasn't, certainly wasn't good. And if we look at what the Bible says about us, the Bible talks about how not only do we have bad days, but we actually have naturally a bad outlook on life. In fact, if you go to the verse right before these, Titus chapter 3, verse 3, he talks about that. Take a look. He says, At one time, we, too, were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. How sad that that's a description of anyone's life. That this is what God sees when he looks at any person. Even more sad when that's what he sees for everyone without Christ. And how scary it is then, even for us who know Jesus, that, that that used to be the description of us. That by nature, we're born into this world with that mess. That when God looks at us, he saw an unlovable person. Malice, envy, hatred, disobedience. I don't know about you, but that sounds like somebody that I wouldn't especially enjoy being around. Don't know that I particularly love them either. And yet, God saved us. And if you go back to verse Four or five, look what he says, not because of the righteous things we had done, right? God saved us not because we're such good people. We try to paint that picture of ourselves to others, right? Hey, how's it going? I'm a great person. So are you. Woohoo. We try to sell people on that, don't we? 
We don't want to be thought of as the, the big grump who hates everybody. We don't want to be thought of as the fool or the disobedient person or the person who just gives in to every whim of pleasure and, uh, and passion. Nobody wants anybody to think that about them, but that's what God sees. And so there's no reason why God should do anything for us. And yet look what it says he did. He saved us. He saved you. He saved me. And the Bible says that he did that when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. That word appeared is literally the Greek word epiphany. It's when Jesus appeared. When Jesus showed himself, appeared, and revealed himself to be true God, to be the Savior promised for so long, to be the light that was shining in this dark world. When Jesus came, look what God did. He saved us because of his grace, because of his mercy, the, the love that we don't deserve. He sent Jesus to live for us, to suffer for us, to die for us, to rise for us. Because that brings us to our second takeaway, that God did everything to save me. He didn't leave a piece of it up to me to fix. He didn't leave a piece of it up to chance for me. He did everything to save you and to save me. And notice then what he says. How did God go about this? How does this connect with our baptism? Well, look at Titus again. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So God saved us and he gives that to us. He connects that into our hearts and our lives through the gift of faith, which is what he gives us in baptism. This washing, right? It's a washing, though, not of a, a physical kind. It's not to wash our, our dirty bodies, but it's to wash our filthy, sin-sick hearts. It's to give us not just a, a temporary cleansing, but it's to give us a new life. See, it was a day that seemed like every other, but at your baptism, it was a day that changed everything your whole life. Because on that day, you were given that washing of rebirth. It's a pretty good thing. If you remember, right, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about what it looks like, what God sees when we're born into this world, right? Parents, coo and goo and God, the little cute baby, the little bundle that's all soft and cuddly and they smell so nice. And they grab your little finger, right? Oh, it's so precious. But that's not what God sees. He sees disobedience. He sees selfishness. He sees a heart that has nothing good in it, which is hard for us to wrap our minds around because we look at the outward appearance. We see cute and cuddly, and God sees death, which is why he saves us. If you're struggling a little bit to wrap your mind around that and what it means to be born again or reborn, you're not alone. There was actually a Jewish religious leader who was struggling with that same concept, what it means to be born again, and he, he just couldn't get it. 
His name was Nicodemus, and it's a a conversation recorded with Jesus in John chapter 3, which includes the famous John 3.16. And in that conversation, Nicodemus said, Jesus, I just don't get this. You're telling me we need to be born again, reborn. But that makes no sense because how, how do you enter back into your mother's womb to be born again? He could not think of anything besides a physical birth. Jesus, though, wanted him to understand and wanted us to understand he's not talking about physical life, physical death, physical birth. He's talking spiritually speaking. And that's why he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. See, Jesus wants us to understand that he wasn't talking about physically living, breathing, moving in this world kind of life. He's talking about spiritual life. He wanted us to understand that being born again doesn't mean that, oh, I can finally live now because before somehow I physically wasn't. No, he wants us to understand that it's a spiritual life. And that brings us to our third takeaway this morning that my rebirth, your rebirth, was being born into the gift of faith that connects me to Jesus. Because you see, when we're born again, spiritually speaking, God, the Holy Spirit, works in us to give us spiritual life that connects us to Jesus. And the Bible says, connects us to what Jesus did for us, his death and his resurrection, which is, Exactly what we want to be connected to, right? Because what did Jesus do to save you? Ask any one of those kids who came up for the children's message this morning and they'll tell you, Jesus died on the cross for me. And the Bible tells us that you, when you were baptized, that you were baptized into Jesus' death and into his resurrection, the very thing that Jesus did to save you from sin, to make the payment for your sin, to rise from the dead, assuring you of his victory, which is now your victory. He saved us. In in baptism, we're born again. We're born again with a spiritual life that gives us hope. Then we're not going to end up in the eternal morgue of hell, but that he saved us through this washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. See, not only were you born again, you were renewed. Now, I don't know about you, but the the thing that pops into my head when I hear that term is a library book, right? Okay, I got to renew this. Or a subscription, I need to keep this going. That's not what God is talking about. He's talking about literally new again, to make new again. And that's a a really comforting thing. If you ever stop and, and think about what that means. Have you ever tried to renew yourself? You go on vacation, right? You shut it down for a little while and find some relaxation, trying to refresh, trying to recharge. And how close do you get? I mean, I can't speak for you. I know that I come back from vacation, I'm excited, I'm ready to go, but I'm at maybe 80, maybe 90%. I'm not at 100. Because I'll be honest, I come back from vacation, sometimes I need a day just to recover from vacation. And if not, it takes a little time to kind of get spun back up and get into the swing of things, right? But that's not what God talks about when he says he has renewed us. He's made us new. 
God has made you new again. The Bible says literally he has made you a new creation in Jesus. So instead of God looking at you and me and seeing past the surface that we want to put out there for people and seeing this this wretch that's covered in, in guilt and shame and sin, do you know what God sees? He sees not someone who scrubbed a bunch of it off. He sees not someone who had most of it washed away. He actually sees Jesus. He sees perfect because of Jesus. He sees someone who is completely new again. See, that's a beautiful picture because our relationship with God that had been one of just tatters, right? It it, it was non-existent because of our sin. Well, God has rebuilt it. Not because we worked at it really hard, but because he started over from scratch. And he looked at this unlovable creature and he said, I love you. And you are mine. And you are a part of my family. And what my son did counts for you. And you have a place with me. It's amazing that God did all of that. And do you understand what that means then? It means that as we go through life, we don't need to keep living in the past and reliving all of those foolish faults and sins, trying to live them down, trying to put them behind us, but never succeeding. It means that, that we don't live trying to, trying to live for God because we want to, to balance out the, you know, I know I did this bad thing, so God, I'm going to do this good thing. That's not why we do it. We have a totally different motivation. We know that, that God sees me as perfect, not because of me, but because of him. Not because of the right things I do, but because of Jesus. He did everything for me. Instead, I live for him because he loves me. Because I want, to, I want to thank him for all that he's done for me, all that he's given to me. See, through baptism, we've been spiritually born again. We've been made new. And then he talks about what that means, that God poured out on us generously his Holy Spirit, right? And as a result, we've been justified by his grace. That means we've been declared not guilty of all of the things we've done wrong, not because we didn't do them, but because Jesus already paid for them. And here's the final piece of that. The last thing he assures us of, the last thing he comforts us with is that the result of this is we are now heirs. And the inheritance that we have is the hope of eternal life. And not just a, ooh, I hope, I wish, maybe my parents will leave that to me someday kind of a hope. This is the sure and certain hope that Jesus has left me and will take me to be with him in heaven. See, this means that I don't have a daily grind anymore. Because a daily grind just gives this sense of hopelessness, right? That it's finally just all going to come to a, a gloomy end, a doomed ending. But that's not what God says. Because in my baptism, he changed my ending, and he changed yours as well. And that's our last takeaway this morning, that you and I are children of God, 
and that comes by faith, and that I am an heir of his inheritance in heaven. It seemed like every other day, but the day of your baptism was a day that changed everything. And maybe you were like little Mary, and you don't remember that day that God came and adopted you into his family, to be a part of his spiritual family, and he washed you clean and gave you a new life. Maybe you're like Charlie, and you remember that day vividly. And you can't always explain all, all of what it means, but you know something's different. Because I'm a child of God, and I know that heaven is where I'm going. Whether you remember it or not, your baptism was a day that changed your life. And not just your life until you breathe your last, but forever. And so my prayer for you this morning and going forward is that you would remember this gift that God has given you in baptism. That you would treasure the blessings that he's given you, that he has made you his own, that he saved you, washed you, made you new again, and that you have a place with him in heaven. God bless you, baptized children of Christ. Amen.